This week on Writers Inc. Because you can see the trends, you know, like, you know, you got Gone Girl, the domestic thriller. You know, it's evolved into a domestic thriller now with children. You know, like, where is that going to go next? It's going to go somewhere. You know, these things don't just come completely out of the blue. That You know, they, they come from something. So you just have to take, you know, the current marketplace and try to figure out where it's going. Whether you are traditionally published or indie, writing a good book is only the first step in becoming a successful author. The days of just turning a manuscript into your editor and walking away are gone. If you want to succeed in today's publishing world, you need to understand every aspect of the business. Editing, formatting, marketing, contracts. It all starts with a good book. Then the real work begins. Join international best-selling author J.D. Barker and indie powerhouse Jay Thorne as they gain unique insight and valuable advice from the most prolific and accomplished authors in the business. The publishing world is changing, adapting. Do you have what it takes to become a full-time writer? If you're willing to do the work, we'll give you the tools. Get your notepad out. School's in session. This is Writer's In. Well, JD, I'm both excited and a little disappointed to be having this conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tough one to have, but I think it's it's good that you're willing to to have the dialogue. I think. Yeah, I think I have to. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll sort of fill the listeners in on on what transpired. It's been a few weeks since we recorded, and we've had some email communication conversations back and forth, and have kind of come to a a, a decision. And uh, I'm I'm gonna. I'd like to talk to you about it today and to kind of get your thoughts on it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were you were kind of looking through the manuscript and uh, the plan was we were going to go chapter by chapter and I was going to do rewrites uh, until we got it to the place where you felt like it was it was worth querying. And um, and as you got into it, you started to get this feeling that um, that maybe this wasn't the best manuscript for me to take out and. I was wondering if maybe you could start by just telling us a little bit about what were some of the things that you noticed that kind of gave you pause. Um, sure. So uh, there was a lot of passive voice and a lot of showing versus telling, which, which are things that can be fixed for sure. Um, one of the things that really jumped out at me, and, and this is really, it's more of a today problem than you know, if you go back to like a book even 10, 15 years ago, but you really have to grab the reader's attention straight away. Like mm -hmm. as soon as they open up that book, attention spans are extremely short nowadays. And, and it's the, you know, the lifestyle that we have, you know, yeah. if I watch the, you know, the news on TV, you know, you've got your, your talking head right in front of you. You've got a scrolling ticker right below them. There's a headline off on the right or the left that's telling you this. All these different things are going on in your brain. And you're probably watching that while you're also on your telephone, you know, checking your email, texting somebody, talking to the person next to you. Um, you know, our brains are becoming accustomed to this kind of thing where, you know, we, we're used to being bombarded with information. Um, and when it comes to reading a book, you know, where a book could have had a slow start, you know, a couple of years ago, um, people will tend to put them down faster nowadays if they run into that. Um, and, and it's also access, you know, it, it's so easy to get a book, you know, you, you download books off your, you know, you get a book bub in the mail and you, you buy two or three of them and your Kindle might have a thousand books on it. So you, you, know, you open one up, you read the first couple pages. If you don't like it, you move on to the next, but you know, all these things kind of come into play. So you have to have something, whatever that, you know, that little spark at the very beginning of a book that just says, Oh, this is the one that I want to read. This is the one I want to spend time with. Um, and, and it's not that you didn't have that. You, you did. You had a lot of, you know, all the elements of the, the story that you were trying to tell. Everything was there. Um, and we played with that quite a bit. We tried to shuffle some things around, um, you know, tried to mix some of the action in with some of the, you know, the information that you know, needed to be shared. You know, things that you had to get out there up front in order to you know, establish a world with the reader. Um, but it just it just didn't feel right. Um, and that's kind of where we, we started talking and, and where we are now. 
Yeah, I mean, would it be safe to say that there wasn't a strong enough hook? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's a funny thing. There's there's a blog post out there. I think it started with a blog post, but it, it says, you know, never start your book with X. And, and it's got all these different things. Like you're not supposed to start with dialogue. You're not supposed to start with a dream sequence. You're not supposed to start with this. You're not supposed to start with that. Um, and people hold that. It, it's been circulated so much. People think it's gospel. Um, but it, it, I believe it actually originated as a blog post. It was just one person sat down. They had to fill their quota for their blog for the day. And they just, you know, keyed this stuff out and threw it out there. Um, but because of that, it tends to influence the way a lot of people, you know, start their books. Um, I don't think any of that is true. I, I think you can start with any one of those things and I've, and I've done it, you know, um, uh, fifth to die starts with a dream sequence. Um, I've got, you know, other books that starts with dialogue, you know, I've started with flashbacks. I've started with flash forwards, you know, all these things they tell you not to do. It, it all works as long as you understand, you know, how, how to do it. Um, and, and you had those, those elements again, they were there, but it was just kind of, it was choppy in the way that it, it was done. Sure. And you were presenting a lot of information straight off to bat. And I see that a lot, um, with, with writers because, you know, especially with, you know, certain types of books, you know, science fiction, it, it tends to be very heavy with this, where they just try to do an information dump at the very beginning, because it, in a lot of ways it's necessary. You have to establish that world. You know, you're not just, you know, my book, you know, my last one started in Chicago. It's a cop in Chicago and ran, you know, real time. It's, it's not a very difficult you know timeline or you know world to establish but you know if you're on a different planet if you're in a different time you know those types of things um you know dystopian novels you know for example like yours you know you have to establish all those facts and it's very difficult to throw those things out there while also creating action um and one of the books that that we brought up as an example is wool by hugh howey um it, it the the opening chapters of that book are phenomenal because, you know, within a couple of paragraphs, you know, you've got the dread of this particular character, you know, basically walking to his death. And he also establishes the world itself, you know, just in, in quick little snippets, one sentence here, one sentence there. And, you know, by the end of the first couple of pages, you know exactly what's going on. Um, and I kind of throw that one out there as a gold standard to a lot of people, you know, try to try to do what he did. Um, and, you know, and, and it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, yeah, as as we were going back and forth and you were pointing out some of these things to me and the more I started thinking about it uh, and, and like I know there's sort of an emotional component that's tied up in this that has to do with the passing of my dad and, and you sort of asked me like well you know how important is this to you and I, and I basically said they're just words I'll make more I, I'm not like that dedicated to this particular manuscript and I think you call them a trunk novel, like what, you know, set it aside and maybe you can pull it out later and work on it again. It's not like it's wasted or, you know, you, you can never use it, but that concept and maybe that story at this point in time is not the best fit to be taking out to agents and editors. Yeah. So it became one of these things, you know, we, we could go through the whole book, we could do exactly what we said and we can polish it and get it as perfect as it possibly can be. Um, and maybe you end up with a book that's a, a six or a seven on a one to 10. Um, or, you know, and, and that's, there's time, you know, obviously that's four months, it's six months, it's a year or whatever it takes to, to get there. Um, is, is that the best use of your time? Um, and, you know, so we started talking about that is, is it worthwhile to do that with this book or put it aside and, you know, see what other ideas you have out there and, and maybe write something, you know, using all the knowledge that you've gathered through, you know, the creation of this book and our conversations and just, you know, start from the beginning and see what you can get down on paper. Yeah, so that's that's where we landed. Uh, I decided that I'm going to just set that manuscript aside, not going to query it anymore. I'm not going to do any other revisions on it. I'm just going to leave it as it is. And at some point in time, I'm sure I'll come back to it. 
which then led to the next question, which was, okay, so, you know, what's next? And you had some pretty interesting insight on what you believe New York editors are looking for or, um, or agents are looking for. I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about sort of the, the genre or the type of story that seems to be in demand right now. Yeah, now I have to throw this out there with a disclaimer, though, because it, it's virtually impossible to chase a trend. Right. Um, you know, just because of the timing of it. You know, if, if you write a, you know, if I tell you today if exactly what you need to write, like the book that everybody is looking for, you're going to spend four to six months to a year writing that book. Then you're going to have to get it in front of an editor. An editor buys it, and it's another year to a year and a half before it actually comes out. So you're almost at two to three years before, you know, from start to finish. Um, so chasing a trend is, is very difficult. And, you know, the indie publishing world has changed that in a lot of ways because you can write a book in a couple of months, and some people can do it even faster. And you can hit that publish button, and you can get it out there. And you, and you can chase a trend to a certain extent. But, you know, if you're trying to break into the tra traditional world, it's very difficult to do. Um, so I was recently in New York. I'm, I'm in the city quite a bit. Um, and I had lunch with an editor. Um, and I also shared a cab or an Uber with another editor. And, and both of them told me the exact same thing. They both told me that they're, they're chasing stranger things right now. They're trying to find something with that dynamic. Um, and, 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 you know, if you break down stranger things, it's got a couple different things going on. It's got the nostalgia of the eighties. Um, it's got the, you know, the, the kids and the adults, you know, it's all these different things all kind of mixed together and they just tend to work really well together. So even the editors that I spoke to, you know, they'll bring stranger things up as an example, but I don't think they're quite sure which of those elements is what causes it to, to be what it is. Um, and, and it's probably the fact that it's just a perfect storm. You know, it's all the, the right elements all coming together at the exact right moment. Like I, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. Like that's why I like that show. Yeah, same. You know, if you watch, you watch it with somebody that's younger, you know, they identify with the kids, you know? So it, it's got that unique combination where you can sit down with your, your, your children and you can watch it and everybody relates to it and I think that's why it's been you know such a cultural you know phenomenon yeah. um, but you know that that's what they're looking for right now um, you know if you if I took you know went back like a year or you know maybe two years they were looking for a gone girl you know what's the mm. next gone girl um, and I, I, I I don't know if we talked about this before, but my wife actually brought this up. And the year that Gone Girl came out, she was only able to find, I think she said, four books that had the word girl in the title. <laughs> and then a, a year later, there were 400 books with girl in the title. Yeah. Um, you know, again, people chasing that trend. And it was basically the start of the domestic thriller. Um, and that's kind of evolved. Now, the domestic thriller is now incorporating children. So you've got a mother and father and maybe a kid um, that, that are in distress. And that's kind of where that, that model is. And it, it's always evolving. Um, you know, the perfect place to be is, is Gillian Flynn coming up with a domestic thriller before people realize they want a domestic thriller. Um, can you do that? I don't know. It's <laughs> a very difficult thing to do. Um, I personally, I'm, I'm selling books on spec right now. So I, I've got a, a PDF document that has 10 or 15 ideas of books that I want to write. Um, and I, I gave that to my agent and she shows that to my editors and they pick what they you know feel is going to be you know, the, the next thing. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that weigh in on that. The marketing people at the publishing companies take a look at it, you know, because ultimately it's them. They, they've got to sell it to the bookstores. They've got to, they've got to promote that book. Um, so we kind of use that model. Um, the, you know, before they even make that list, I sit down with my wife, you know, we, she goes through a list of 50 different ideas and says, okay, these are the ones that I like. And, you know, that's how I narrow it down to my, you know, the couple that show up on that, that PDF document. Um, so I think that's kind of where you're at right now. So we've got to figure out what other ideas you've got out there, um, you know, and which one, you know, is really resonating with you because it's got to be something you want to write. It can't be something you have to write because that's going to come across in the writing. So it's got to be something that you're comfortable with, a story that you really want to do. Um, 
and then and then we go from there. I think you also mentioned too that the post-apoc dystopian flavor, as far as the editors are concerned, is really uh, not not what they're looking for right now. And no, it, it's um it's been done to death. Um, you know, it's a, vampires, zombies, dystopian. You know, there's just it's been around for for so long. Um, I think people are trying to figure out what that next big thing is. Um, and again, you know, they were talking about Stranger Things as being the the example, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's they're they're looking for. Um, but yeah, those, those things are kind of, they're, they're in the past. I mean, it doesn't mean that they won't work. If you can come up with an angle that nobody's done yet, um, you know, it, it can be strong. I mean, V Wars right now on Netflix is, is doing really well. That's on Jonathan Mayberry's, um, right. that, you know, series and, you know, it's, it's a vampire series, but he, you know, he's got a unique approach to it and, you know, that's all it takes is just something a little bit different. Well, I was, uh, I haven't had a chance to purchase it yet, but Alex over at Klytics just came out with a new report, a genre report, and it's on horror. And apparently, you know, there's people feel like there's a resurgence in horror right now, whether that's from, you know, American Horror Story and, and or Stranger Things that has sort of have these campy Freddy Krueger 80s slasher vibes to them. It seems to be happening in other places as well. That it seems to be a, a genre that's picking back it up again. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these things are very cyclical. You know, every couple of years they they come and they you know they ebb, they flow, and they they come and go. Um, but horror is definitely on the uptrend right now. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's cut my teeth on that. You know, I've read Stephen King. Was, Stephen King was the first author I read. You know, consistently as a kid. Uh, so that it's definitely something I love to write. So I, I guess the the last question I have for you in this conversation now is. What, how would you recommend I start as far as gathering ideas? And I have, I have no problem gather, uh, gathering ideas. I think that's fun. I could do that all day long. Um, <laughs> but like, is there a process or a technique or something that you use or a format that you use that starts to sort of uh, you know, solidify a system for you so, you so all the ideas are kind of looking the same? Um, not really. I, I try to keep everything organized. Um, I, I use a, doc, a program called Simple Note. Um, so whenever I have an idea, I'll just I'll create a new note in, in there. Um, and I just I start it with the word idea in capital letters just so I, I, can, I can source them very easily. Um, you know, it could be something where I'm just I'm walking down the street and I just you know, something pops in my head and I'll, I'll throw it in there. Um, I, I saw an interview with Stephen King once and, and he brought up that he doesn't write his ideas down at all. Um, he, he feels that if it's a, a strong enough idea, it, it's going to stick. You know, he's, he's going to remember it um, because, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Um, and he also brought up that a lot of times his, his stories come together when he takes you know, multiple ideas, you know, two or three different ideas that he had and, and, and mashes them together. Um, you know, so that's, you know, sometimes for me writing them down and seeing them like that, you know, that sometimes does work. You know, like if you've got an idea that you've, you do like, but it feels like it's missing an element, take a look at the other ideas that you might have on your, your spreadsheet or your document or your post-it notes or wherever you decide to keep them um, and see what happens when you, you know, take two that don't necessarily look like they belong together and, and mix them up. Mm. Um, and you may end up stumbling into a, a, a worthwhile formula. Um, for me personally, I, my, my wife is key when it comes to this kind of thing. And, and I, I like having somebody that I can bounce these things off of. And I, I don't know that I, I, I believe and I've heard you mention in other podcasts that your wife really doesn't, <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's not that hands-on when it comes to your writing she's career. Not, no. uh, yeah. So, so I don't know if you have somebody in your life where you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, 
ideas are a difficult thing because like you, you don't want to, you know, we're on a podcast right now. You don't want to start rattling off your best ideas on a podcast. You don't want to start sharing them with strangers. Um, so I, I think it's important to have somebody in your life, you know, that you can sit down with and you can review those with, um, you know, that can give you an honest opinion on it. Um, because yeah. something that may sound fantastic to you, you know, when you run it by somebody else, they, they might go, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. steer, steer, steer clear of that. Um, yeah. or, or maybe it's been done before and, you know, and they read it and you didn't, you know, who, mm-hmm. who knows, but it, it's good to have that sounding board, I think. Um, so I would start there. I would try to, you know, gather, you know, whatever ideas you have, however you have them organized, try to put them in front of you. Um, and, you know, just try to take a look at them, see which ones, you know, organize them in a way where you know, these are the ones that I would really like to do, you know, over here. These are the ones that aren't quite as important. Um, try to narrow that down. And then if you've got somebody you can bounce those off of, whether that's me or somebody else in your life, you know, just, let's, let's do that. Um, try to narrow it down to, you know, four or five, 10 or so of, of your strongest. And then let's take a look at the market and, and try to figure out, you know, break out our crystal ball and try to figure out where we think that market yeah. is going. Cause you can see the trends, you know, like mm-hmm. you, know, you got gone girl, the domestic thriller, you know, it's evolved into a domestic thriller now with children. You know, like, where is that going to go next? It's going to go somewhere. You know, these things don't just come completely out of the blue that, you know, they, they come from something. So you just have to take, you know, the current marketplace and try to figure out where it's going. Um, Great, great. And and your ideas, are you, uh, are they all random or like, do you, are they sometimes character based? Are they sometimes a plot device? Are they sometimes a situation or all of the above? Yeah, it's really all the above. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I teach a, a writing class and, and during that class, we, we do about eight hours where we create a novel from scratch. Um, and one of the examples that I, that I used is, um, a plane crash, like people that are actually on a plane crash. So we start by, you know, figuring out, okay, what kind of plane is it going to be? Where are they going to and from? Um, then I'll ask the the audience, the, the writers that are in the group, you know, what, you know, who are our characters? Who should we put in, in this plane? Um, and, you know, five or six of them are going to be primary key players. And they'll, you know, tend to give me what they feel should be in that plane. Um, and once I've got all those written down in front of me, I start picking people out of the audience at random. And I, I say, okay, you stand up and tell me what you do for a living. And they'll tell me, and that will become our real first character. And we'll pick out somebody else from the audience. So something totally different. So instead of having the stereotypical characters that you would expect to have in the story, now we've got five or six strangers from my writing class as the characters in the story. Um, and that creates a more personal um, environment. Um, I, I think with any story, you need to know your characters inside and out before you can actually start writing. They need to be real people to you. Um, if, if you don't, you know, it's, it's going to come across. They're, they're going to feel very paper. Um, and you can always go back and fix that. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, for me, I like to know my characters, you know, be- before I actually start writing the story and then I'll drop them into the scenario. Great. All right. Well, I think I have a plan now. So I think for our, our listeners, it's it sounds like I'm, I've got some work to do before I come back to you with some ideas. And then a lot of that stuff might happen behind the scenes because, as you said, we're not going to talk about the ideas like on the podcast necessarily. So as we move forward and we're and we're doing the interviews and having these podcasts, they're probably going to be more just touching base moments within those shows. And then probably some somewhere further down the line, we'll probably have a more dedicated episode when we get to that point. But it sounds like now that a lot of work has to be done behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And then once okay. you've got that idea, then we'll, we'll just take it from there and expand it and, you know, help you get the, the actual story together. Great. All right. Okay. I got some work to do. All right. Have okay. fun. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Writers Inc. Access the show notes and leave a comment at writersincpodcast.com.